may be seated. What a, uh, what a fun time to sing together and truly experience the, uh, the way that God bursts forth with life as we gather together to celebrate His commitment to us. As we gather together to, to celebrate His rescue of us. And uh, you, you had to get in, in touch with, with God's rescue for all of creation this week. I mean, has there ever been a, a greater parallel of rescue than this week? Yeah, in, in Chile, with the, the miners who were rescued from the, being almost a half mile from the surface of the earth. And, and what a, a powerful expression it was to see the world come together in order to carry out this rescue. You know, it was a, a crisis, but the world came together. The, the, the Chilean government, they sort of took over, organizing the, the world the communication opportunity that was made to have with these 33 miners was because of a Japanese company that gave a state-of-the-art fiber optic cable that could travel that half mile. It was a South Korean company, Samsung, that then gave the, the equipment to use so they could communicate and even watch movies of what was going on on the, the surface down below. It was two Pennsylvania companies that provided the drill bit and the drill machinery. And it was UPS, United Parcel Services, what's Brown done for you lately, who, who shipped these huge machinery to Chile. And it was a German company that made the cable, it was the, the, that lowered the Phoenix, what they call the piece that, to each, that drew each miner out of the earth. And it was the Chilean Navy that made that capsule in, in communication with NASA all the way around and a Maryland company that made the medical suit that each miner wore that monitored their vital signs as they were being brought back to the surface. And then the coolest of cools it was a California company that made the sunglasses that they put on. They were Oakley runners that they gave them to then wear, and they've been wearing ever since. Isn't that a powerful expression of the world coming together to bring about a rescue? And is there not a better metaphor than that for the church. The world being organized not by government, but different people in the world being chosen, brought together as part of, of a divine rescue operation for the world. And we're a part of that. If you are here as a follower of Jesus, then you've been chosen by God you may think it was your decision, but you've been chosen by God. 
And you haven't been chosen just so you'll be nice, safe, and secure. You've been chosen to be a part of a rescue mission. Different people, different ages, different backgrounds, educational level, different capacities, different likes and dislikes, united by one thing. By Jesus Christ. Committed together because of His commitment to us. So we're going to look today at a particular passage in Ezra 3. It's a rather long one, so hang in there with me. But it presents to us how God was working even then in Israel, in God's people, to bring about the rescue of the world and using people, very different group of people, in order to fulfill His rescue operation so that He might burst forth with life around the world. And that's what we're a part of. The, the, the crisis you know, with the, the miners was acute. It was on CNN headline news every 30 minutes and every other place that you turned. But the crisis that, that we're surrounded by still exists today and has since Adam and Eve took a fateful bite out of the fruit of the tree that they weren't supposed to eat. It may not be as obvious to the the world around, but it is just as urgent. For many around us are without hope, hungry spiritually and physically, lost, broken, in need, in trouble, and in pain. And God has chosen us to be a part, one little piece of His global rescue operation. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your word. Speak to us through your word to show us what you're calling us to do, to be a part of your wondrous rescue operation. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Ezra chapter 3, it's found on page 367 in your pew Bible. You can turn there. Uh, You can follow along on the screen. And again, remember, uh, the Israelites have been destroyed. Um, Jerusalem's been destroyed. And they've been taken prisoner into Babylon. And uh, they've been there roughly 60 years by this time. And now uh, Ezra and some other folks we're going to meet today are leading them back into Jerusalem to, to rebuild the temple. The temple that was destroyed now needs to be rebuilt. And that's where we find, so we enter the story in Ezra chapter 3. Hear the word of the Lord. When the seventh month came and the Israelites were in the towns, the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Then Yeshua, son of Josadak, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, with his kin, set out to build the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples. And they offered burnt offerings upon it to the Lord morning and evening. And they kept the festival of booths as prescribed and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the ordinance 
as required for each day. And after that, the regular burnt offerings, the offerings at the new moon, and all the sacred festivals of the Lord, and the offerings of everyone who made a free will offering to the Lord. From the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa according to the grant that they had from King Cyrus of Persia. In the second year after their arrival at the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Yeshua, son of Josadak, made a beginning together with the rest of their people, the priests and the Levites and all who had come to Jerusalem from the captivity. They appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to have the oversight of the work on the house of the Lord. And Yeshua with his sons and his kin and Cadmiel and his sons, Benui and Hodaviah, along with the sons of Hernadad, the Levites, their sons and kin, together took charge of the workers in the house of God. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house, though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, some of you may wonder, and there's a few rather uh, interesting names in there. And my, my, here's my clue to you. Whenever you read some of those biblical names, just act like you know what you're saying. Because <laughs> there's no, not, a, not many chances you're going to have it, some expert in the area to be able to say, I was there, I know how he pronounced his name. first thing I want you to note is that there was a crisis, a crisis for the, the people there. We're told in verse 3 that as they were there, as they began to set up the altar to get the sacrifices going, what, what are we, we told they were in dread. They were scared. They were filled with anxiety. They were worried, concerned about the neighboring peoples. It's a good thing. When that dread does what dread often does, leads us to our knees, to ask out to God, to, to cry out to God. You know, you've been there, you're hearing noises in the middle of the night, laying down in your bed, and you're like scared of what's going on, and you cry out to God. You're heading into the take a test, and you're filled with anxiety, crying out to God. 
Or as we say, there are no atheists in foxholes. So the people of God were crying out to God as they were following God's plan for them to rebuild the temple, to rebuild their people. See, and all of this is important to recognize. All of this is because this is part of God's rescue plan. You know, all the... Christmas is just a few months away. No gasp there. But uh, we only have uh, roughly uh, 65 shopping days left or so. But all the time in Christmas that we spend looking at the Old Testament prophecies that were speaking uh, from the Old Testament about Jesus who is to come, the, the Messiah, the Savior who is to come, most of those were written and recorded around this time. It was the, the prophets who were telling the people who were in exile, you've got to come back and you've got to come back because God is going to use you to save the world. Through you, a Messiah will come to save the world, to carry out, to complete this rescue operation. So the, the Israelites, are, they're in obedience. They're coming back, but the fear, the crisis, the anxiety is all around them. So they fall to their knees and they recognize here that they're following God's plan and it means they've got to be committed To him. As we've been singing, take my life. Let it be consecrated wholly unto thee. They recognize here that they've got to be committed to God, to God's plan in order to fulfill his rescue operation. And there's there's three things that come out from this passage that they're committed to as they're committed to God, one another, and to carry out the rescue of the world. They're committed, one, to doing it God's way. If you look in verse 2, We're told they were doing burnt offerings as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. Verse 4, they kept the festival of booths as prescribed. They offered daily burnt offerings by number according to the ordinance. Verse 5, they kept sacred festivals of the Lord. They gave free will offering unto the Lord. They were committed to being connected to God. They were committed to worshiping God the way that God wanted them to worship Him. The same is true for us today. If we're going to be about a rescue operation, then we've got to be committed to following the ways of Jesus. We've got to be committed to to spiritual formation, to being transformed according to the character of Jesus so that wherever we go and whoever we are, we are living, growing in the ways of Christ. A witness to Him wherever we go. A good witness to Him wherever we go. In, In the midst of their uncertainty, in the midst of their fear, The Israelites knew they had to be committed to doing God's work God's way. And you know, I've been overwhelmed 
I think we've all been overwhelmed in the last month about how committed we are to gathering together in, in groups throughout the campus on Sunday mornings surrounding the Scriptures, committed to God and committed to one another in order to carry out God's rescue operation, we've got to be committed to doing it God's way, to growing in Him, to seeking Him, to surrounding His Word and obeying His Word. They were committed to their own spiritual growth together and that that was first. Let's let's make this first priority. Second, they were committed financially. Verse 7. So they gave money to the masons and the carpenters and food and drink and oil to the Sidonians and the Tyrians. Each one, as it's listed here before, gives of their financial resources in order to carry out the the return of Israel, which is necessary for God's rescue operation to continue. Now, these guys were just refugees. We're told at the beginning of this part of the passage, they'd only been there seven months. They probably didn't even have pictures hung up on the wall. I'm sure they didn't have all the boxes unpacked. And yet here they are called to give financially to the work that God is doing in building them up because that is necessary for this rescue operation. Again, did you, you, uh, in the reveal survey that we took back, back in April, 68% of the people who took that survey said that they were giving 10% of their financial income to the work of the church. That's awesome. And, and now we just got to keep moving that number up. Got to con- continue to pursue from 68 to 100. But we... We have in us, we, have, we are making and are made the commitments. That the same thing that Israel is making in order to carry out God's rescue. We are committed to, to our own discipleship, to spiritual growth in Christ. And we are committed to financially giving, to financially participating, sacrificially, in the part of the rescue operation that we get to play here. Now, in, in both cases, of course, we have room for improvement. But it's exciting to see the signs of that commitment in our midst. All right, so you see in Israel then commitment to their own spiritual growth, see a commitment to financially participating in, in the work that God is doing, and then finally you see it requires everyone. You see a commitment to working together to working with one another. Verse 1 and verse 8 are clear that everyone there participated in this work. They all were gathering together in Jerusalem, verse 1. And then verse 8, it says, All who had come to Jerusalem 
from the captivity were participating in the work that they were doing in rebuilding the temple. Everyone, all the people. And and this is a a very diverse group. This is a, a group of very mixed generations and backgrounds and understandings. I want to show you one thing that really shows that they had a mixed level of personal satisfaction with the work that God was doing in their midst. At the end of the passage, verse 12 and 13, you'll see that some who gathered when the foundation of the temple was laid and they they envisioned what God was doing, some wept and some rejoiced. Some rejoiced because what they saw was really good. And they they rejoiced at that. Some wept because it didn't compare to what they remembered before. But that didn't stop them. They still were committed to working together for God. For, For we're told in the same passage that they all were there shouting loudly the Psalms of David, which is one of them is quoted here. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. They were committed to one another, even if they had different personal experiences and satisfaction with the work that God was doing in their midst. Because they were more committed to God and God's rescue operation than they were even to their own personal satisfaction. Unbelievable. They were committed to their own spiritual growth. They were committed to participating financially and they were committed to one another to carry out the the peace, the rescue operation that God has for them to carry out. And, And friends, so too do we have that same commitment. We have the same commitment We want to follow in their footsteps. We want to be committed to our own spiritual formation, to being transformed more and more into the character of Jesus. We we are committed to giving financially in order to, to carry out this ministry, this part of the rescue operation that God has for us. And we are committed to one another in Jesus He unites us together. Everything else about us pales in comparison to the power that Jesus has in uniting us to one another so that we carry out the rescue operation that He has for us to do. I want to be sure to tell you clearly that I'm committed to the part of God's rescue operation that he has for us here. Last week, it was after uh, Monday week ago, with all the excitement, for those of you that heard from the, 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 the gentleman who uh, was shot on Monday afternoon and then eventually found his way into the church building. It was the next day, somebody called me and said, Hey, uh, you talked to any realtors lately? 
And I said, yeah. I'm telling them, listen, get all the people you can to move to College Hill because the need is great. The harvest is plentiful. We need to send laborers. So yeah, bring them in. The, the need, you know, if in our, our community, just in this neighborhood, there were 240 families in the last three years that have fully gone through foreclosure and lost their homes. If you do a, a three-mile radius from this building, almost 50% of the families with children are led by a single parent. Almost 50%. The na- that's over twice the national average. And that's just a three-mile swing from our building. See the need for rescue? I mean, the crisis that is just uh, around us. And, and you know, the, the national mood this day, as I've been reading different polls and all the rest, some people, they've, they've, the, the pundits have stopped saying the national mood is, is anger with the election upcoming. They said it's really anxiety. People are just worried. I mean, pension plans folding, businesses going under, unemployment still wavering right around 10% just below the, the, the crisis of anxiety that, around, that surrounds us. We're still in need of rescue. So yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed to the part that that God is going to call us to to continue to rescue the world around us. Whether it's across the street or across the sea. I'm committed to my own spiritual growth. I'm committed to taking time daily to spend with Jesus, to spend in His Word, and to spending in small groups where that is our focus. I'm committed to giving financially. Matter of fact, Kathy and I have, um, for, since we've been married, have been giving 10% of our income. And just the last couple of years, just said, let's try to punch it up over the next 10 years, 1% a year. So this last year, we gave 11%. And we're looking next year to give 12%. And I'm committed to each one of you. I love how different we are. Because I need you. I don't need somebody like me. (laughs) That, 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 That amen was maybe a little too strong. But, it, but you, you're getting me. You're, you're walking with me. I, I hear you. You're with me all the way. You're, and you're, what you were saying is you don't need more people like you, right? Amen. We're, we're with it. Because I don't see my blind spots. So I don't need somebody else who doesn't see my blind spots. I need people who are different than me. Who see my blind spots. And who maybe aren't my children and wife because it's sometimes hard for me to hear them and understand them. Yeah. (laughs) Got a loud amen on that one too. And I believe that you're committed too. I believe that you're committed as well to be a part of God's rescue operation that He has for us today. 
in your lives and in our life together. And that we are so committed, not because we're so strong or we got the right ideas or we're in the right place. We are committed for the same reason that the Israelites were committed. The reason that they gathered together in celebration had nothing to do with how strong or smart or wise they were. It had everything to do with how committed God was to them. That's what they celebrated. For He is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. His non-slip grip on us endures forever. He is committed to you and to me to use us, to form us, to enable us, empower us to carry out his rescue mission. To be a part of the team, the global team that is called His church to carry out the rescue mission for the world. So we gather in in this time to celebrate God's commitment to us and to reaffirm our commitment to Him, to our own spiritual growth, through our finances and through our commitment to one another. The song that we're about to sing is a a perfect illustration of that. As you have different people, different instruments, different words, some part of the song is classic, some part of the song is contemporary, and we all sing it together. And the words, no matter if they're new or old, are shouting and proclaiming God's no-slip grip, His commitment to us forever. Let us, as we sing, as we give of ourselves, reaffirm our commitment to God our commitment to His rescue operation, our commitment to, to growing in Him, giving not just what puts in the pl- we can put in the plate, but giving our whole selves unto Him as we, as one people, reaffirm our commitment to Him. Amen.